welcome back everyone welcome back to waves okay welcome back the water's nice come on out take your sandals off chill for a little bit <laughs> stay true stay blue okay so the first episode uh well i i titled this gifted but twisted because i i believe not only for myself but i believe that for a lot of people that are hearing this episode right now we sometimes need to be reminded and to remind ourselves that we were created on purpose for a purpose right and there's y'all there is such there is there is so much that is coming to light that i'm seeing especially in human behavior like like things that i'm my eyes are being open to when like i got so much to talk to y'all about today like it's it's just riveting the things that i've just it's just it blows my mind um however uh what i was saying is sometimes we need to remind ourselves and be reminded that there is no man above us okay no man above us there's god there's it's our creator the one who chose for you to be here the one who created you the one who put your eyes a certain distance apart the one who knows every hair on your head okay the one who created your attributes your quirks your your personality the things about you that some people discredit or don't understand or don't care to understand you <laughs> you were created by not man <laughs> i wow that came out grammatically incorrect <laughs> you were created by why do I keep trying to say that? Let me stop. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, this heat has got me beat. Um, but I'm here. I'm here. The gist of it is God created you and not a human being. So when I say we need to remind ourselves and be reminded, it's just like when people put you down, when people do not support you. And that's one of the things that hurts the most. The people that you've known for years who haven't even listened to one of your episodes, one of your podcasts, or hasn't even supported your vision. It's okay. And it's not that, oh, Queen, you just being saucy or you just in your feelings or you affected because nobody that. No, it's not that. Like, I can be honest and say, because I'm transparent, I will say, yeah, it is something that I cannot help but think about because it's like, I know who I am and I know how pure my heart is and how supportive and real. And authentic I am, especially when it comes to people I consider friends and I call friends. I love my friends. And I feel like if you call someone your friend, if you have these experiences with each other, you have that type of um, bond. Just being supported by those around you that you consider your family, that should be something that... It, it should be a no-brainer you know uh i i feel like sometimes we we see these things and it kind of gets off gets us off our game because we're like how can we show up to the world and show the world what i have to offer what i've been created to do if the people closest to me don't even support me and see the vision and then i remind myself that not everybody is going to see the vision and not everyone is going to believe in it. And it's crazy until it happens. 
And sometimes the only person who believes in your vision is the one who gave it to you. And I'm reminding myself that that a lot of the time it is just going to be God and I. And as much as I want to say I cannot wait until I get up there to the where I need to be and then everybody starts coming back acting like they're a part of the vision I, as much as I should want to say but I'm gonna shut the door in their face and I'm act like I don't know them that's not who I am I feel like when I get to that point when I reach that milestone I'm just gonna be like I hate that you weren't there from the beginning when this was very organic sleepless nights when I had so much going on and I just wanted to share with someone close to me before I shared it to the world like all I'm going to be able to say to them is just like I just really wish you were there at the very beginning but welcome to the vision and it's like it's one of the things we can't hold people accountable for being human you know but I feel like if you love someone, you want to support them. Because you, as a friend, are that person that's, I feel like you should stand up for them to the world because you know your friend. Unless we're not friends. Facts. So, um, I was talking about in my first episode on uh, season three it was called the episode was called peaceful heart if you have not listened to that please go do that because it is so amazing it's so pure like i wrote that episode uh i wrote that episode like it, it was so easy to create that episode because i am experiencing so much peace and so much joy in my heart in my life like i'm learning how to navigate and how to choose what type of energies I allow into my 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 field of existence I guess you can say and I really believe that a grateful heart <laughs> okay back it up I'm telling y'all y'all this eat has got me beat but listen Gratitude removes the debris of disappointment. So when you see things happening around you or not going the way you have planned or anticipated, when you wake up every day, let me tell you, this is what I do. I wake up every day. As soon as I wake up, the first thing on my mind is God. Not thing, but first on my mind is God. And I immediately say, Thank you, Lord. Good morning, God. Because as I said in an earlier episode, I said, you know, ADT doesn't monitor me overnight. TNT doesn't. Alert 360 doesn't. My God does. My God monitors me and keeps me safe and protected and warm as I sleep. So when you have a grateful heart, the debris of disappointment, it it doesn't exist because you're so grateful for the things. You wake up grateful. 
and you're thanking God for everything around you, the creations around you, the, the ability to 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 be able-bodied, you know, there's so you could have nothing, you could have everything stripped from you. But a grateful heart will allow you to keep your peace. Because gratitude removes the debris of disappointment. Disappointment. When you're grateful, disappointment rolls off like water rolling down a bottle when it perspirates. It doesn't stick. It doesn't block you from moving. It doesn't keep you from living life because you're great you're great what you're grateful for outnumbers the small setbacks and the and the the shortcomings of what you expected it clears the runway for discernment you know gratitude is an entitlement repellent let me say that again Gratitude is an entitlement repellent. So when you're grateful, when you have a grateful heart, you you don't act entitled. You you don't have a sense of entitlement because you understand that the two things you deserve in this world, like I've said, is hell and death. So everything above that that's that's even small, mediocre, is positive. There's not, there's, I don't believe there's one person in this world that can't, that wakes up every day, can't tell me that they're not grateful for anything because their life is a mess. And I, and I say that because every day you wake up is a gift. Literally. The breath in your lungs. You didn't plan that. You had no ability to do that. When you're sleeping, you're not you're not breathing yourself. Your body is doing that. And that in itself, if you don't want to be like, oh, I don't believe in God. If you want to be like, oh, I don't believe God did that, and that's fine. I know my truth and I know what the truth is. But even but even next to that. You were unconscious while you were asleep. And your body kept on breathing and your functions kept on working to keep you alive. And that's a blessing that your body needs no machinery, needs no outside help to keep you going. And that is a blessing. That's where you start with a grateful heart. Every morning you wake up, you just thank God for the breath. You may not accomplish anything that day. You may not be where you want to be. But you woke up, which tells me every day I wake up when I don't feel like the day before it happened the way I needed it to, or I don't have the I don't have the vision for the day ahead of me when I wake up. I thank God because God says that He's not done with me, so He woke me again today, and that is such a blessing because it's like, okay, even though I did this yesterday, it wasn't enough for my God to say, all right, He's done. I, I, he's He's not doing what I need Him to do. I'm done. You know, he wakes me up again. Because I'm not done with you yet, Corey. (laughs) 
when we start getting caught up in what we feel we deserve or what we're entitled to, we become boastful and prideful. We start to do things more so for ourselves than for other people. And what I've learned, y'all, in this season is like, I get so much joy out of helping other people and seeing other people win. I've always told people, especially people in my circle around me, like, I have no problem being in the second position. I have no problem being in second place. And I'm going to tell you why. First reason is because when you're at the top, when you're in the first, you're definitely in the foreground. You're in the spotlight. You're every move you're making is being watched okay once you get to the top once you win you're in first place then where do you go from there you know it's kind of like when i look at the presidency i'm like okay you may be the president of the united states and the vice president that's a good spot because it's like i am there and here's point number two I like being in the second spot because I've always been an underdog. And I feel like I've always been really good at being in other people's backgrounds, helping their helping their vision and their dream and their reality or their whatever it is come to fruition. Cause I know that energy is gonna come back ten times. Being number two is a sweet spot because you get to watch the first, the first person, the person in first place, you get to watch everything they're doing and everything they're not doing. So you get to see what the first, the first place person is lacking and learn how to do it better. So when it's your turn, you're ready. I feel like the second place spot is there always to support the first person first person it's not always about winning every game that's played in this world involves teamwork the team wins not just one person like i said everything is a grace everything above hell and death is grace and a blessing Gratitude is the uniform of humility. Gratitude is the uniform of humility. You know, I've been placed in a humble position this season. And uh, before this happened, I had so much pride. I didn't want to accept help from no one. I didn't want to ask nobody for help because I felt like it made me look weak. So I was prideful, especially coming from someone who's always done everything on his own. From the time he was 17 up until now, but 13 years later. And you just start to get accustomed to looking out for yourself and taking care of you. Because you didn't have people around you to help you. And in the season, I had to put that down. I had to ask for help. I had to swallow my pride. And what I like to tell a lot of people is like, humble yourself before God does. 
Because at least when you humble yourself, you can kind of like navigate the waters of, okay, okay, it was my decision, it's all right. However, when God has to humble you, there is no leeway. You don't get to choose how it falls. You don't get to choose a comfort level. It's God lays his hand, his right hand down on the situation and that's what it is. Swallow your pride because humble pie is much harder to chew. That's what Drew Beck said and that's always rode with me because <laughs> it's so true, especially when I've gone through the season. And I'm telling y'all, like, and we haven't even got to the real episode yet, but I just wanted to catch y'all up because I didn't get, I didn't add all this stuff into the first episode. However, um, gratitude magnifies the have. So everything that you have when you're, when you have a grateful heart, everything becomes so big. Like, God, thank you for my shelter, my food, the oxygen that I take, my purpose, my identity, my calling, my life, all these things that you have when you have a grateful heart, they become so much bigger. Yes, some may say, okay, it's an apartment. You have somewhere to live. Okay, yes, but I'm very grateful for it because I know what I deserve. And I think that's the very root of all this is understanding what you deserve. Because like I said, when you start to have that entitlement stench on you you overlook the small blessings and you overlook even the big blessings because you just think oh i'm prideful i did this or i want this i deserve this i'm gonna go get it however you want to get it you know whether it be the right way or the wrong way but when you have a grateful heart you understand this is enough for me right now. And I was having, I was talking to a group of people a couple of weeks ago and we got on the debate of money. Now, my opinion on money, which has always been my opinion, is I don't like it. I like it in the aspect that it's a resource and it, it's sickening enough it's what makes this world go round. And I just believe that money is not equally balanced. And I feel like a lot of people will do whatever they can inadvertently or intentionally to gain wealth. Whether it's taking from someone, whether it's having the lack of integrity of how you obtain the resource money is the root of all evil now they say for the love of money is the root of all evil however I'm satisfied and happy where I'm at yes under the poverty line that's fine because you want to know what like I said I have a grateful heart because I know that everything that I have is a gift And that God has provided for me, been my provider, and has protected me. 
if you didn't listen to any of the earlier episodes when I was going through my transparent and my vulnerable season, check that out because I went through some stuff and there was nobody in my corner, you know, and uh, it just gave me a grateful heart to realize that, yes, I want more money because I feel like I could do a lot more for a lot of people with it. But I also trust and know that God sees me and he knows what I can and can't handle. And at this moment, I'm learning how to steward and be better steward or steward, uh, how to better steward my finances. But if, a, if I'm being honest with you guys, if a huge sum of money was put in my lap right now, I think I would be able to manage and hold on to it a little better. But I still wouldn't be ready if that makes sense because they say with more money comes more problems yes and so what little I do have is enough I'm at peace because I know that this is this is temporary that as I keep growing as I keep seeking God Matthew 6 the rest of it all is going to come and so I have a grateful heart and that's all I wanted to um, add to that part. Now, I will say, do any of you guys know what, like, so, okay, this really stood out to me, and it was in the book of Nehemiah, or Nehemiah, and it was Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 2 and it says so the king said to me why are you sad when you aren't sick this is nothing but sadness of heart and it stood out to me and it rang because it was just like with all the blessings that we have if you have an able body and you are in good health why are you sad there's nothing else that is robbing your joy except the sadness in your heart so why are you sad the end note I want to put on this particular point is find your center yourself and find your peace in the in the luxuries and the blessings that you have already around you Because entitlement will bl- make you blind to how you look when you think you have it all and that you deserve this, that, and the other and everyone else is beneath you. It will make you look ignorant and you will be blind. So be grateful for all the stuff around you because there's many people, many people who have nothing who have it a lot worse than you. There's always, all all you got to do is look to your left or your right, and I promise you that everybody has somebody that's doing worse off than they are. Every body, everyone has somebody that's doing worse off than they are. Be grateful for what you have around you. And I'm going to leave that there. Okay, and so so 
the next thing I was going to do, I did a episode called Stay on the Ship, right? And that was a good one because I was talking to you guys about the book of Paul and the story about Paul. Not the book of Paul, but the story about Paul. It's in the book of Acts, Acts 27 onward. And it, what I wanted to add to that was, so in the beginning, we all know that God created in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, all the, so we've explored what they say is we've explored only, we've only mapped and explored 5% of the ocean. That's insane. So in the book of Genesis, God created everything that's in the ocean, in the deep, deep depths, in the, in the, in the twilight level, to, I mean, as far from, from the, from the top of the water all the way down to where there's no sunlight, God created it all. Okay. So in the book of Acts, when Paul and the other 276 people survived the wreck, they were all, like I said, and God said, like I said in the, the shipwreck, um, staying on the ship episode, God said, Everyone stay on the ship and there would be no loss of life. Now, God didn't say you wouldn't lose the ship. Like I told you guys, he didn't say you wouldn't lose a lot of things, which is your ship. The things that you were riding it, that you thought was going to carry you to your Rome. They all were surviving on broken pieces. Okay. How many times have we encountered a, a life calamity and we had to pick up the pieces and survive with just the pieces that we had. I bet we all have a story. And so what I learned is sometimes when we read the Bible or when we speak about it to other people, sometimes we're giving a, not an inaccurate regurgitation of the the bible or the word we are giving a incomplete regurgitation of the word and what i mean by that is like i said so back in the beginning god created all this in the ocean for right but 276 people back then survived the paddling or the floating or the swimming to get to land and not one of them was lost at sea due to its inhabitants if we were doing things mathematically and we were trying to uh, estimate what is the probability that somebody would have been attacked by a, a creature especially back then at that time I feel like now creatures in the ocean and I feel like now they're they're a lot less prominent especially in the like twilight twilight uh part of the ocean there most creatures now these days that are like more harmful live lower in the deeper depths like not so much towards the sunlight and aren't really into human interaction but back then let's let's just let's just say back then the ocean was more full it was less it was not as contaminated and it had more creatures and more types of life, right? So out of those 276 people, 
not one of them. God had put a a hedge of protection around them. Not one of them was stung by a jellyfish. Not one was scathed by a shark. Not one was swallowed by a fish. Not one was dragged down to the deep depths. They all survived. God held his promise that there would be no loss of life. And I feel like that really stood out because it's like you could be in your ship. I mean, you could be in the ocean. You could be out here in the deep. And you can cry and you can pray and you can ask God every day. Take me out of this storm. I don't know how much more I can take, Father. This is getting way too much. It's getting way too dark. And many times, God won't take you out of this storm. But let me tell you this. He's not going to let that storm take you out either. So y'all don't even ground, right? God is not going to let you get out of something that you need for your growth. But he's also not going to let the adversary take you out because he's protecting you. I hope that imagery helps. And, uh, you know... There's... Basically, I I just want everyone to know that who you are is a gift to those around you. You know, if you think about it, God has created us all uniquely individual. We all have certain skills and strengths and techniques and etiquettes and and, 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 and quirks and uh, like just different things about us that make us who we are, which makes a beautiful like portrait of different colors and different like just diversity (laughs) which is so baffling to me how this world wants to try to eradicate it time in and time again day in and day out and that brings me to my next point don't ever and I'm speaking to myself too and I've been speaking to myself do not ever let someone put you down or discredit you or make you feel like you're less because you're not a copycat, because you're not like them, because you don't follow the same rules, because you want more for people around you, because you want more for people and and, 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 and not so much what you want for yourself. You hear me? Like, it is so, it, it just really, it just really bothers me when I see people on their high horses that think that they're untouchable and that they are a gift to everybody when that's not the case because everybody has a part so sometimes you're just too gifted and you're in the wrong hands and I I keep using this example because it's still it's still fresh but not so fresh but when I worked at one of the restaurants that I worked at recently this year now for me it was a humbling position right because when I applied for it, I was like God I don't want to do this I don't want to feel like I'm going back like I'm supposed to be moving forward and my days of being in hospitality and being in the food service is I don't want to do this no more like I'm I feel like I'm I'm too gifted like what can I do here that is going to do anything for me and it was that's where I had it wrong 
And I remember God letting me know, like, if you would just obey, I got you. And I was like, well, in that moment, I was like, man, you know, I need money. I need to get something. I need to, I need to swallow it and just do it. And so I did. As time went on, as I was working, I started to see and develop an eye for I'm severely undervalued here, which I already knew before I applied where the line was going to be drawn. That's why when you go to your job and you go and you feel irritable all the time and you hate your job and you're miserable and it's hard to get out of bed because you are gifted. You're, you, 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 you're too gifted to be in their hands. They don't see your value. They don't see your worth. And it's not their fault. But you got to be strong enough to know you and see your vision and your potential. It may be temporary, but it's not forever where you're going to be. The problem sometimes isn't you. Like I said, it's the hands that you're in. So when someone says, especially for people, not especially, but, you know, uh, for example, people who are in uh, abusive relationships, um, whether it be mentally, emotionally or physically. They'll say things like you'll never be nothing. And your response should be, no, I'll be I'll never be nothing with you because you're in the wrong hands. You're gifted. That, that 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 itch of feeling like you're inadequate with everything you've been through, with the wisdom you've gained and the experience that you know, that's because you're gifted. And so for the second part of that, when I say gifted but twisted, you got to know we're all twisted. What do you mean by twisted, Corey? Well, we're twisted because we all fall short of the glory of God. We all were born into a world of sin. From the moment we exited it, exited the vessel that created us. From the moment, child, from the moment you came out of the womb, sin was already prevalent in this world, and you were put into it. And so, for me, like I've said many times. Um, a big sin for me and I finally found peace with it and I understand that I'm not a friend of this world that I'm on God's team so I'm going to say it (laughs) for me my glitch which I'm seeing is now my gift because it's allowed me to be transparent and uh, authentic my glitch was homosexuality I know that I was a sinful man. And I was all and and, it, and and on top of that like it it's also a sin to know what you're supposed to be doing and then not doing it. So even if I eradicated if I removed homosexuality from the equation we could all apply that verse it is a sin to know what you're supposed to be doing and not do it to every 
every living being in this world. How many times do we do things, we choose not to do things and we know we're supposed to do it? So we're all guilty. And for me, so I was like, I may have a gift. I had a gift for, uh, like a gift for, like my mind is a gift. The way I think, the way I perceive the world around me, the way I can dismantle a situation or a problem and then put it back together or find resolutions and alternate routes and stuff. To me, that is a gift. My mind is a gift. If my mind was taken from me or if it was manipulated, that would destroy me because my mind is me. My mind is me. My voice is my gift. Standing up and and, and refusing to be a part of groupthink bias. Refusing to just stand and sit on the sidelines when I know something is wrong, but I'm too afraid to either stand up and say something or I don't want to become an enemy. No, we don't do that. Too free does not stand for that. And uh, so why is it an accomplishment when someone says, I came out of the closet or I'm coming out of the closet? Why is it an accomplishment? Why has the world made it so comfortable? Like, why is that an accomplishment? And I know a lot of people will say, well, it's because they've been oppressed for so long and not and misunderstood and and not treated fairly. Facts, facts, facts. And there's no argument there. However, for me, like I say this a lot, I can't speak for nobody else. My God told me that I am to obey the law, not judge it, and I am not to judge anyone else. This is my testimony, friends. This is me. And I understood that it wasn't a life that I was supposed to be participating in anymore. And I saw the signs that I needed to get out of it because it wasn't working. There was too much friction. There was too much hurt. There was too much... um, there's the, the the chance for exposure to things that I did not want to to be a part of was too high, and I had to just seal the door and be like, I cannot go back to that. So, in that, I realized that we are all every day, every second, <laughs> we are all 12 a.m. 12 a.m. 12 a.m. What? Yeah, we are all at 12 a.m. Because we're not who we was at 11.59. And we're not who we need to be at 12.01 a.m. We're right there in the middle. And that's called the transition. See, I've been saved, but I'm not perfect. I'm not where God wants me yet. (laughs) But I'm not who I was yesterday. Or the guy I was 10 years ago. The one that if you crossed me, had you came for my personality or came for who I am I would have broke you down with my words that's why I said my voice is a gift and I used to use it to destroy people the way they hurt me but like I said I'm saved I still know who that guy is I buried him 
But don't get it twisted. I'm in my transition period. I'm not where I need to be at 1201, which is the next day, the next step, the next life. But baby, you just better be blessed and grateful that I'm not who I was at 1159. And uh, it's that's one of the things I am leaning into and applying because, you know, people out here, especially with me creating Too Free, they see things so much different for me. And I feel like Too Free, because I used to, I feel like I've always had a, cl- uh, not a close perspective, but I've had like um, uh, ideals, not ideas, but ideals, ideas too, but mostly ideals and how and perspectives on how the world and its inhabitants should coexist. I've always had this framework of thinking that everything was black and white. And now, Too Free has allowed me to see color in every situation. That there's always room, there's always an area that's not black or white. And you got to give people grace because God gives you grace. So if I don't give grace to other people, how can I expect my father to forgive me and give me grace? How can I expect to give myself grace when I have no peace in my heart to be able to give it to other people? And uh, so you you learn to, with Too Free, I've learned to, I'm going hard with it, y'all. Like I'm, I'm tired of being discredited. I'm tired of being taken advantage of and I'm tired of being misunderstood and talked about because people don't take the time to understand or really want to be a part of what I'm talking about. So my beliefs and who I stand for with God, I even got people who say that they believe in God, but the type of God that I believe in is wrong. Yet, if you're saying that your God is the one let me tell y'all just a quick little story real quick. So, as you, many of you may know, I've been, like I said, I was going to start trying to take two free to green room and start having live audiences and stuff so I can put them and make them into a podcast. I haven't got there yet. I'm still working on it. But I was in another room. And I'm going to use a different name, not to name drop. So, I'm going to call this person Deshaun. <laughs> um, and uh, he wanted to argue with me about what God is the real God. And the first note I'm going to say is no one has any business telling people who or what God they need to believe in. I believe that my God is the creator of the universe that he sent his son down to die. He didn't send him. It was a it was an agreement. Jesus was our savior. He sacrificed so that God could have relation with us, his created, his children. So you know where I stand, what God I believe in. But this guy was just like, we're not even supposed to be calling him God. I worship the one that it, like it, his it, like I did not judge him for what he believed because I felt like he was saying the same God that I believe in. But he was more into semantics and more into uh, the purity of it all. When at the end of the day, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 tells me that all word, all word and instruction was inspired for the will of God. No matter what we believe, it's all pointing to the one creator. And we need to get into the habit of accepting 
and appreciating what people believe, but checking your heart. Because I feel like when people try to argue about who God is and what God needs to be served, it's because you haven't found in your heart the peace between you and your God. I feel like it should be a personal, a personal relationship between you and your personal God. What you believe. Make sure your heart is right. That you're following the will and the instructions of your God to make sure you're doing right in this world. Because I believe at the end of the day that as a human race, all we are supposed to be doing is just being. Being with our God. Human beings. To edify, to love, to encourage, to share. To prosper, to have joy, to have peace. The fruits of the spirit. And a lot of people want to call me naive or call me weird. And he was calling me weird and like... Like, I don't care because I'm fighting for something I believe in. And that's unity in this world and peace and, and inclusivity, inclusivity. If we if we don't start accepting, I'm sorry, y'all, this is spun out of not what I had titled. But if we don't start looking past racism and, and, and division, I'm not saying looking, I'm not saying ignoring, ignoring it. What I'm saying is keeping it on our thoughts because it's something that we're working on trying to eradicate and fix but if we don't stop if we don't stop playing the woe is me card and start looking to a brighter healthier friendlier more peaceful world between all of us because look at the end of the day we're all humans and at the end of the day the main culprit is humanity so we are the ones creating this do you not see it We have got to be the ones that start shaping the change of doing it differently so that it becomes contagious and infectious and and ripples through the world. I refuse to let evil and darkness and because we're not fighting flesh and blood and I refuse to let these spirits tear up what God has created. I refuse to let them win of destroying us, destroying our species. Yeah, it's so much easier to hate and to hold a vengeance and hold a grudge against something that happened and continues to systematically happen. Yes, I'm very aware that there's races out there that wants to see nothing more than my race in the ground. But what I want is I want my I want everyone that's I want all the pigmented brothers and sisters, Hispanic, blacks, Indians, natives. Asians, everybody that is not the common, you know, the 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 race, the race that's the biggest of the oppressors. I even want them on the same team. We are stronger together as a people than we are separated and divided. And when we are divided and separated, that's when fear creeps in. And the biggest thing that's taking everybody out is fear. Fear is what's killing us. Fear is what is being used to control a people. Listen to me. Listen, I'm not doing this for, uh, I'm not doing this for to be liked. I'm not doing this because at the end of the day, like, I feel so free that too free is mine and can't nobody take that from me. It's in my spirits and my soul. It was my God given vision. And it's like, I 
influence. Here's the thing. My goal is to influence. It, because too free is for the people. And when you when you when you're doing it for the people and not for yourself, you gain influence and people believe you. That's what I want. But when you're trying to seek popularity, you're trying to seek what you're trying to see what you can get from people. And, and, and you want people to know you. I don't necessarily want people to know me and be my fans. I want people to hear me and believe me and be like, I want that change too, Corey. How can I help? How can we do this? And then you know what I'm going to say? I'm glad you asked because I don't know either. But together, I think that we could start to make a change and make a shift in this world. A leader can move while being bitten. Y'all know when I was talking about how Paul was bit by the snake or the viper and that was like Satan's way of trying to seed uh, venom into you to take you out. Well, when you're a true leader and you've been bitten, even though you've been saved, you're still going to be bit. People are still going to throw stones at you and spit at you. And it puts me at peace because I know Jesus has already gone through it. And a leader, a true leader can move while bitten. But a bleeder, which is a leader who has been bit and now bleeding on other people. You've got to make sure you take care of yourself so that you're not hurting other people. Hurt people hurt people. You mislead people. You get people far off, further out into the deep where they're on their own and then they're lost. And then they're all messed up further because you didn't take the time to make sure you were good after you were bitten. You're a leader. People are looking up to you. People are following you. People see you. People find hope in you. So we were having this conversation. He, Like I said, he got on to me uh, or was trying to jump on me about um, Deshaun. <laughs> he jumped on me because I, where my spirit lies and how my heart beats which is very aggressive and very rude and very nasty and disrespectful as who he was. But you know what? I prayed for him because that's not peace. That's, that's just not peace. That's, I know what that's like. That man is hurting and he's got some things that he hasn't dealt with. And a big, uh, I feel like a big part of it, like what he kept trying to say was a big part was basically he wants to stay divided amongst his own black people I love my black people I love my people I want nothing more to know community with my people but I need my people my black brothers and sisters to accept that we can only move forward we cannot stay looking in the past and seeking retribution when all it's going to do is keep these wounds open it's just going to continue to be a vicious deathly cycle I don't know everything, y'all. I'm just a messenger and I'm learning every day. But what I do know is in my spirit is like the only way we gonna heal is to turn to God and to seek peace and, and to figure out where we can come as a people to lay down our swords against one another. We're not fighting humans. <laughs> We're fighting spirits and darkness and of the unforeseen world like 
everybody that you see is just a vessel for a spirit. So if they got a dark spirit on a spirit, you're fighting a spirit and you got to have the body armor of God on. You know, salvation, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the, 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 the sword of the spirit, the, the like, I'm sorry, I got that all wrong, y'all. There's seven pieces of, there's six pieces of armor. There's the helmet of salvation. Then there's the shield to stop the fiery arrows from your adversary. Then there's the shoes of the good news and peace. Then there's the body armor of righteousness. Then you got the belt of truth. Then you got the sword, which is the word of God. I may be missing one. I did the helmet, did the belt, did the body armor, did the sword, did the shoes. I may be missing one. But go find that, y'all, and find that because I think I'm running out of time. Um, however, I just want to say that, you know, there's two people in this world. You got the pallbearers. Everyone knows what a pallbearer is at a funeral. They're the ones that carry you to the grave. And then there's the armor bearers. Armor bearers. Those are going to carry you to your destiny. Choose your friends wisely. Choose the energy that's around you. And choose to be with people that make you grow and help you grow. A friend, a proper 1717. A friend sharpens a friend as iron sharpens iron. Surround yourself by the people that's going to take you to that next level. Not bring you down or hold you down. You know, the adversary can be external. It could be you versus enemies or it could be internal me versus me. And it's it's easy to go ahead and to remove yourself from a sinful life or a sinful nature. But what you can't remove, what you can't outrun sometimes is yourself. That's the reason you keep going back to that addiction. That's the reason you keep going back to that situation. That's the reason you keep going in these cycles because you can't get away from yourself. The adversary, which I, I broke down, another word for adversary is pain. It's the price to pay, it's the price you pay to advance. The pain of being you created the power of being you. Everything you've been through has created who you are now. Make sure it's used for good because now you have power. You're alive and you are blessed. I love you guys, and I hope that we, with the help of Two Free and everyone else's creative movements, whatever vision you have, I hope that we all can come to a place one day soon and to turn this world around. That is my hope for us all. God bless you guys, and keep living Two Free. Find your peace and edify those around you. Make life more about helping other people than satisfying your own desires and wills and ambitions. Not saying table them, but look out for the next guy. Because when God is blessing your neighbor, understand this, he's in your neighborhood. (laughs) God bless you guys. Keep it true. Be you.